if you're an active LinkedIn user, you've probably seen and heard of a new dating app called Thursday, or if you're a connoisseur of the online dating world. Uh, the app's made a bit of a name for itself, especially on LinkedIn recently and in the press because of their absolutely ridiculous, hilarious and genius PR stunts. But here's the kicker. They've done those stunts largely because they ran out of money early on and had no marketing budget to spend. Now, one of Thursday's founders, Matt McNeil Love, yes, that is his name, came to speak to us today about that and how they've essentially launched a successful new brand with no budget, proving that organic reach is alive and well. Yeah, I first became aware of Thursday and, and especially actually Matt and George, the founders, probably kind of mid-2021 when they were breaking through. And I absolutely love what they were doing then. I still love what they're doing now. And, and this conversation with Matt was was really good just to delve into their thinking, how they came about doing what they're doing now and where they plan to go as well. You know, we covered how to be the equivalent of a Portsmouth, but playing in the Champions League, a great Great saying there from Matt and he covered a lot of things and, and one of the main sayings I think from the pod is making sure you turn right when everyone's turning left. So all this and more coming up. Matt, great to have you with us. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Well, as we always do, we're going to start off with the overarching question today and this week that is, what can brands achieve with next to no marketing budget? So I think this is a, a very interesting question because there seems to be, from my humble opinion, this need to spend a lot of money on performance marketing, out of home, sponsoring football teams, all this sort of stuff that we've been approached with a lot recently. And whilst there is no doubt in my mind at all that it is an effective, you know, you have to pay to get impressions to some extent. I think if you have too big a budget, it's too easy just to chuck a load of money out of performance marketing campaign or so on social media not really care too much about the CAC, uh, just get rid of the budget that's given to you. And I think where Thursday has, what we've learned is to be really cautious about where we spend our money because there are platforms like LinkedIn where you can get millions of impressions if you get it right for free and you don't need to pay for it. Um, and it's a killer platform. It's worked wonders for us. And I was actually just running the numbers recently, working out how much we spent to get to 100,000 users to date, how much has come through as much as we can attributed, how much has come through organic word of mouth and then performance marketing. It's pretty staggering how little we've spent on performance marketing as opposed and the downloads we've got off that as opposed to the downloads we've got from LinkedIn campaigns. So in the answer to your question, I think if done correctly and in a and a sort of a layered approach, I think brands can do an awful lot with not a lot of money and a lot of creativity. Yeah, definitely. And marketers love to say organic reach is dead. Um, I mean, mostly when they say that, they're talking about platforms like Facebook and Instagram, which have become extremely pay to play. But as you raise that, there are other platforms that you can tap into that are a lot better. And I also think one of the reasons a lot of brands say that it's hard to get organic reach or that it's dead is because they're often not doing it the right way and struggling to gain traction themselves. So as you said, performance marketing can be a bit of a default. But you know, going back to Thursday and your launch, what have you guys done differently to succeed to get organic reach where you think so many are failing? I think when we first launched the first version of Thursday under another app called Honeybot, we'd run out of money for marketing. Um, and so we had no choice but to get people on the app or we had to get people on the app for it to work. We didn't have any money to do it. So we were sort of, our hands were tied. And I think a lot of lessons we've learned from that, we've applied to Thursday. And 
I think what we've done well, if I may say so myself, is we've used LinkedIn to get the story out there. So we use the platform to different things. So LinkedIn tells the story of Thursday, the journey. Um, it's very raw. We're very open with our approach on it. If people care enough about Thursday, they can see the behind the scenes stuff on um on LinkedIn, so they could see the fact that when the app launched and crashed immediately because you had too many people on it, you know, George and I then posted that on LinkedIn a couple of days later um, with the video of us going live thinking, this is it, here we go. And we pushed it saying, look, guys, nothing goes to plan. You know, this is a disaster. Da, 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 da. And I think you can use LinkedIn to really magnify your message in a very sort of humble, self-derogatory way. LinkedIn's full of people congratulating themselves and telling everyone how great they are in a sort of fake, humble way. I think if you are actually humble and you are actually genuine, people you can win people over. That then coupled with pretty strong Instagram accounts uh, and now TikTok, uh, where you can really push your marketing message, but you can talk about things from the brand perspective, not George and I or our team. It's about the brand and let the brand do the talking. That sort of combination we found has been absolutely killer. Um, and then throw in a little bit of spend on performance marketing to really drill down into who we're trying to target. I think that's been a really useful and, and unbelievably effective way of growing our, our user base so quickly. And I think brands get it wrong because they look, they put on LinkedIn about the business side and the we've done this raise and stuff, which is great. You talk about that. But you know, the, the, the average person on LinkedIn, everyone's trying hard. Everyone's got their own problems. Everyone's trying to launch a business. Everybody's got bastard of a boss or whatever it is. You know, They've all got their own dramas going on. And so I think sometimes brands get it wrong with it's just too much patting each other on the back and saying how wonderful we are and you know, make, making what you're doing unattainable by other people. Um, mm, gets so, boring fast. Yes, I think, it, I think it does. I think it's very boring. <laughs> So I just wanted to take this back to the start then, Mark. You know, you mentioned uh, Honeypot there. So Honeypot was founded in 2018, is that right? Yeah, correct, yeah. So you founded that with George, and that was based on being in the same place at the same time as someone else. Correct. So based on geofences, you check into an area like Clapham, Fulham, Battersea, mm-hmm. and you could see who had also checked into that area saying, I want to come on a date now or today. It was a bit radical. It was a bit too far yeah. ahead of its time, yeah. I think. Yeah, it's a really cool idea. And then in January 2020, there was this radical shift, right, that it led to Thursday. Wondering what happened in the time between Honeypot and then what now is Thursday. Could you uncover a little bit more about that shift, how you knew it was the, the right time to pivot, rebrand, relaunch as Thursday? Was it, was it simply cash issues? Did you find something out in that time? We realised very quickly into launching Honeypot, which we didn't realise before, which sounds very naive to say now, but people are currency on the dating app. And when you've got a dating app that culls people, allows people to cull people 24 uh, seven based on preferences, sex, uh, sexual orientation, gender, before you even start, you've got a smaller percentage of, you've got a pool of people that would attract you. That coupled with turning on 24 seven and people get very excited on dating apps, you're not gonna have long left unless you have hundreds of thousands of users. And that's something we learned very, very hard a very hard lesson uh, initially. So when looking at how we can actually make a dent in a very competitive space where there are about six big groups, Bumble included, who have a lot of money, who dominate, and then just acquire dating apps all the time just to take them off the gate, take them out of the market, mm. we realized we need to do something more radical and more true to what we actually believed. And so 
we looked at our data that we had and we saw that there was a spike in activity on a certain day of the week. We looked at these other groups uh, who are publicly listed companies. So if you do enough digging, you can really delve in because obviously they released investor reports. And there's a certain, not, not always, but there's a bit of a spike in activity again on a certain day of the week that they see in the big sort of Western cosmopolitan cities. And so George and I thought about, we knew we were staring down the barrel of failure with Honeybot because we were just, when there's no way we were going to get enough users, not going to happen. Mm-hmm. And it would have slowly died out. And so we were at a pub in the city thinking, right, mate, we're either going to have to raise again or you know, it's been a fun ride, but this is it. And we decided, hang on, how do we solve the chicken and the egg problem with having not enough users, but also getting people to actually act and you know, they get a like or they get a match and they, re- they actually act on it. Like, how do we do that instead of what currently happens on these other dating apps, Tinder, Bum and Hinge? Yes, you can get a date from them, but often you know, you'll get a hinge like through and you'll be like, oh, that's cool. She's wicked and nothing. Uh, and it happens time and time again. So the countering the chicken and the egg problem, trying to stay cool to our true, actual, genuine belief that people want to meet, uh, meet more quickly and more efficiently, we decided to make the app only work on Thursday based on the data we'd had. And then when it came to branding, we were thinking of all sorts of things. You know, we get told all the time, oh, you missed a trip. You should have called it first date. Not going to happen. Um, you should have called it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Take the copywriter's uh, advice. I'm glad oh, you didn't. Awful. That's awful. And then we decided to call it Thursday because the idea is so simple. You know, what happens is data that works on Thursday where people can only use it on that day and they match chat and go on a date that day. So the name needs to be simple as well. And that's that's where we got to. And when we released our sort of pre-warming up campaign um, to, to sort of have this floodgate approach to build a big mailing list and then launch it, we were overwhelmed by how cheap the CAC was on performance marketing. Like overwhelmed. Again, we're talking like 11 pence a sign up to our website. Wow. Um, and I think it was just, it hit the nail on the head. There were a few things that went right for us. COVID was bad for a lot of people and it was bad personally for, for George and I. But from a business point of view, I'd be lying if I said it wasn't really great for us because people were locked up and, and cooped, cooped up, not being able to meet. Um, and it meant that when we were promising we're going to be a dating app that allows you to meet same day, we actually mm. encourage meeting. It really sort of, uh, it meant that people were so like, oh my God, yes, great. Yeah, people were ready for it then. Yeah, yeah. for what it's worth, I mean, I absolutely, I absolutely love the concept. And we're up, in, we're up in Manchester. I'm not single myself, so I wouldn't be able to obviously test it <laughs> It's the a app, shame, Cal, actually, that you're so interested in it, but not able to actually I would, yeah, try I would it get out. grilled for the, for the right reasons. But um, yeah, I'd, I'd love to, you know, be able to, physically have the app in my hand and see you know what it's all about and the messages delete after thursdays and, and yeah. I, I really is it's like you say it's radical but i love that and um i think you're doing things really different in the space so we found out you know thursday's the big day uh, and the times come to launch thursday and for any new brand you know the name of the game when you're launching is creating conversation right the, the more eyeballs the more talk the better at the minute i'm not sure there's anyone better than thursday at this so that's very generous thank you Let's let's get onto the PR stunts, right? Everyone will have seen. Well, I mean, I hope they have because they've gone all over the feed. You know, we've got interns turning into uh, human billboards. We've yeah. got someone holding a projector on the tube, creating ads. You know, <laughs> someone selling dates, physical dates at a market stall. I think they're brilliant. Thank you. Um, just to get from yourself, you know, which stunts were the best? Which one got the most people talking, and why do you think they got them talking? So, I think in terms of what we've learned going from all the stuff we've done in the past, it's really important when you do these stunts that there is like a clear 
end goal. So if it's downloads, which for us, it's not really because it's really hard to get downloads from effectively a piece of cardboard or a billboard. It's pretty, I, I think it's pretty challenging. Um, but what you can do is get people to talk about it, as you quite rightly said, and that then generates downloads because then it becomes a, I've seen this cool advert or marketing stunt to a friend's recommendation, which is so much more powerful, as we all know. Um, and so that's always the focus. And the way we do that is we try and make all of our stunts have sort of three things, humor, relatable, and shock. Um, and if you can get those three coupled in a way that doesn't offend people too badly or too much, you have to take a bit of risk. Um, and you, people get offended at almost everything, at anything. So you have to accept that you will get some hate. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can get those three things in, it, it's such a killer combination. I think people in these big cities are, you know, they're busy. A lot of it's head down, all they're focusing is on what they're doing. So if they see something that's out of place, which causes a bit of shock, they, they cannot help themselves but to be like, and then when they go to the office, they sit down, they, have a, they do their emails in the morning, then they'll go to have a coffee at 11 or whatever o'clock. The first thing they do is say, mate, have you seen this? Oh yeah, send that to me. Let's have a look, and then it and it sort of does the rounds on yeah. Instagram, or, uh, Instagram or uh, WhatsApp groups. Really hard for us to track, but what's worked well for us is, in particular, we had um, eight guys and girls. No, it was eight guys actually, um, all paid student actors. Um, we put a brief and said, look, we want you to go to the busiest train stations in London, wearing a sign that says, "I uh, cheated on my girlfriend on Thursday." And this is my punishment. And the only difference about there was no download Thursday or the only thing was, was we made the Y of our logo look like the Y of our, our actual logo on the, on the, the handwritten mm. board. And what it does is drives conversation because people are like, wait, hang on. Is that Thursday? Wait, there's no plug though. Mm. Maybe it's not. And it creates yeah. this like drive of people talking about it being like that's got to be Thursday but they that is attention grabbing for sure if I saw that on the street the first thing you do is take a picture of it and put it in the group chat right exactly and And you you work it out later don't you like you say you've you've stopped them got their attention straight away in a city like London especially like you say everyone's so you know they're in their own lane if you plug and we've tried it we've tried everything well not everything but we've tried a lot of things if you plug download this download the second you use that word or apply here or whatever you've lost them I think people switch off. I mean, I'm glad you brought that up, Matt, because I think for a lot of, or like not brands, but maybe soon to be brands that are trying to launch a product who might be listening, the first thing you think is because it's new, you've got to build that recognition and they will be doing that. They'll be plugging the app and, you know, driving call to actions all the time. But have you found, I mean, you've just said um, like using that word makes people switch off, but what has the impact actually been on your reach? Like, did you initially try plugging and, you know, learn that um, lesson? So what we uh, what we try and do is if we're going to do a big PR campaign, like a big stunt that now we have a pretty good inkling of how big it will go, a fairly good inkling, we will stop performance marketing, we'll just pause everything. And we know how much how many downloads we get a day if we do nothing. We know how many downloads we get a day if we're spending X amount a week. Um, and so you can kind of work out that the real problem is, and this is a problem I have with some marketing companies, if I'm totally honest, they'll promise you all this impression stuff. And they're like, are we guarantee you're going to have all this impressions? How do you know? And how do you mm, actually yeah. know? How do you actually know how many downloads you're going to have? So you say a little lesson me. about impressions here, actually, while we're on the case, because it's a similar pet peeve for me. Impressions just mean that it's appeared on someone's feed. It in no way means they've stopped to look at it. No, exactly. And it's a metric that seems to be dying down on all the time. And do you know, it's funny, the amount of companies that come to us saying, I'm obsessed with your marketing. I've seen it everywhere. This is brilliant. By the way, if you need help with your marketing, <laughs> go and use your agency. <laughs> 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 um, 
Yeah. <laughs> so it's so good that you need our help, clearly. <laughs> but, but I think the, 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 it's, we, we can track and we, we definitely see spikes, but it's, I'll never say we've, we've had you know, uh, 22,196 downloads because of this particular stunt. But what mm-hmm. I can absolutely see with hindsight, looking back probably a week later, is that was interesting. There was a real spike on that day. Mm-hmm. And therefore, you could apportion X amount to the downloads. And, and in, in the case of Anya, who was one of our marketing interns, handcuffing herself, although she wasn't actually handcuffed, to um, one of the, the things outside Liverpool Street Station. That went fairly viral. She's now a, a master student back at Bath. And she's like, she's like, oh, I just want to run like a celebrity now. <laughs> <laughs> LinkedIn famous. And, and she was saying, but that, we think, a portion to about 14,000 downloads after it got shared wow. on LinkedIn, got millions, literally millions of impressions on her own account. Then it got reshared by loads of other accounts who try and leverage your brand, which is mm. great. And so they then got a load of reshares. It was, uh, I think that one went on puberty with 29 million followers. Like it suddenly creates a chain reaction. If you get it right for a free start, yeah. the chain reaction is massive. No, definitely. It can spread like wildfire if if it's the right thing, can't it? But yeah. I mean, going back to sort of not plugging, do you think that not including the brand name actually could serve to create more conversation because there's that layer of who is this? I think a very good question. And I think we are now in the fortunate position where Thursday is known. Yeah. I think to start with, if we did this approach with Honeypot, people would be like, what the hell is that? Is that like some sort of, you know, uh, a bee wax and bee store down the road? Or is it like a, a honey tea cafe or something? It, it wouldn't have worked. I think we're now lucky enough where it's Thursday's known enough for people to be able to make the link. Mm. I think to begin with, it's a really fine line. And I think it totally depends on the market you're in. Where we, I think, got successful getting Thursday known, at least, was we, from the very beginning, decided to align ourselves with Tinder, Bubble and Hinge. We don't care about the other dating apps. Good luck to them. There's lots of very incredibly successful dating apps out there, but not focus on them. Tinder, Bubble and Hinge. And by aligning yourselves to them, without saying you're a dating app, you're immediately put in the same category. Yeah. So you don't have to say it. You could just position yourself. You're, you're already playing in the Champions League, right? Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, and, yeah as, as Portsmouth. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, brilliant. <laughs> brilliant. Yeah, I th- well, I think also, then, you know, just we were talking, I was thinking the name probably actually helps that inadvertently because yeah. it is a word that you can slip into a lot of things. You know, honeypot is more difficult to get that, you know, a subtle integration into something. But um, Eve's mind's probably working overtime here as copywriter. But to slot Thursday into so many conversations like the billboard example or the, the human billboard example there it's a lot easier to do I yeah think. you can have a lot of fun with it You're easier time than you would have had with Thursday anyway yeah. well I, know exactly. I, I, yeah, I think with, again a bit of blind luck and a bit of probably naivety I mean luckily it's trademarked globally and that was a good move thank god but yeah I think we've, we've tried to hijack dating by using a day of the week so you can't help but say you know one of the campaigns we did was you know, there's a Tinder question, Bumble question, Hinge question. There's nothing embarrassing about saying you met on Thursday. And that's based on, you know, people making up an excuse as to, I've got friends who, you know, met on Hinge. I actually Bumble, love that. And, they, and they, will, they, will, they will always make up an excuse as to how they met. They'll be like, oh, so <laughs> yeah. they, they always do. And it's because it's nothing against Tinder, Bumble and Hinge. And so many people, you know, meet on dating apps. It's not, that's not the issue. But for whatever reason, there is this stigma still. It's going to go back to social reach again and, and yeah. actually cover a little bit on LinkedIn. So I've seen, you know, and I think you'd probably say yourself as well in terms of activity wise, LinkedIn is your one of your big hitters. 
obviously one of the best platforms for organic reach like you touched on before just from that snowball effect you know if i like your post all of your friends see it my friends see it and it goes like that so i just feel a lot of b2c brands consider it a little bit too corporate for them but what you're doing on there is fun and i think that's the reason it disrupts the feed because it stands out against the kind of the boring vanilla stuff that we typically see on linkedin would you agree with that and then what do you think linkedin's role could be for direct consumer product a really good question and i totally agree with your sentiment about it is very corporate i think it's becoming less so but it's still the most corporate out of the lot the way we looked at linkedin was two things one the algorithm worked the same as instagram used to and so it's really effective way of getting exponential growth or impressions views whatever it is so that was point number one point number two you know, we are going after young city professionals. I say young, you know, 24 to mid-30s, and I'm in the latter stage of that, so I can definitely say that with confidence. So, so that is our target market right there on a platform. And there's some advice we got, which I thought was really good. That if all your friends with their backgrounds, and I, I look at this the same as brands, if all your people you're competing with are trying to compete with for noise, if they're all going left, go right. <laughs> And I totally agree. And I think LinkedIn is, is, is a prime example of that, where if you get the messaging right, it's a bit self-deprecating. Um, you don't preach to people. People don't need to be preached to. Like, this is how awesome we are. And um, guys, I start my morning routine with a coffee and then I do yoga for five hours a day. And then I pet a cat and then I'm a multimillionaire overnight. Like, it, you see all that, the other, the other extreme where it's just too much. And it's like, guys, like, you, you're, you're making out that you've got this really wholesome existence as a brand or a company mm. it doesn't exist. I think LinkedIn is really powerful if you get it right. It is difficult as a brand to win people over. You have to stand the test of time. You have to keep producing consistent content that mm. works and be genuine. And then I think in our plans going forward, how will LinkedIn keep playing out? I think we'll continue just to document everything that we do, no matter how big this gets on LinkedIn, um, because people seem fairly fascinated by it. It's great for us. It also means from a purely business point of view, it's where all the VCs are, it's where all the angels are, the big angels, it's where all the uh, private equity is, everybody is there. So if they're constantly seeing you on your feed, on their feed, it's not gonna be long before one of them gets in touch. And you know, a lot of people get in touch, that's how we did our round of funding, solely through LinkedIn. We, you know, a business will really struggle to raise money. Well, that's one of their first bugbears. Who do you go to? How do I raise money? Who do I speak to? How do I get in front of them? These VCs have thousands of applications set every day. The great thing about LinkedIn is, and totally honest, George put up a thing, a uh, billboard, him holding a piece of card saying, I'm going to raise, uh, don't quote me on the figures because I can't remember exactly, but I think I'm going to raise two million, uh, 1.25 million pounds in 10 days. Watch me do it. It's ballsy, huh? And we, it, very ballsy. Neck is on the line. It, everyone saw it. There's a couple of thousand likes. And we raised it in four. Because people yeah. came in and then we actually doubled it in people 10. People want to like pitch together and help you do it then, don't they? I honestly think you've got such a, a smart view on platforms in terms of, as you said, if everyone's going right, you go left. Um, and LinkedIn is obviously a great place to do that right now because as you pointed out, it's working like Instagram used to. But let's talk, I mean, have you guys thought this far ahead what happens when it's organic reach also gets to the point where it's capped. And you know, same thing with with the stunts. What is the view on the longevity of these kind of things? I think for any brands who might be wanting to launch listening as well, how long does that section play out for before you move on to something else? Really, really good question. And with something we're 
we spent the last week or so we're putting together our city like our rollout sort of city playbook but how what we've achieved and learned in london and new york how much does it cost us to achieve what we've got in london in la and how do we do it and what's the timeline associated with it and so will stunts always play out yes i think we'll always do them and i think because we've got a reputation for doing them the great thing about getting bigger and bigger and bigger as a company is it just means you can be more extravagant and it doesn't necessarily mean you have to spend more but you can do things more on scale so if we've got 10 actors in london next time i'll have 100 over the whole of the uk so stunts will always play a part but more so for the it keeps us fresh and it keeps us at the forefront of people's minds i think it's a it's a healthy exercise for our team george and i absolutely included to really challenge ourselves it's too easy just to chuck money at spend ad spend it is just too easy to do it. You know, just change a figure and it's off. The challenge is bringing that that spend down overall by stunts. And I think LinkedIn, when they inevitably change their algorithms, I'm sure it's going to happen. We'll move on to something else. We'll find something else. You know, we've we've just launched our TikTok account, which I think I think has now got eight thousand people on it. In about a week, we launched it properly, and it's behind the scenes of Thursday. So mm-hmm. it's not the same as you. Sometimes we do the odd sound and stuff. It's not really anything to do with me, to be honest. It's Jess, our creative lead, but you don't have to use the platforms the way that they tell you to use them. And if you can use yeah. them the way they other people aren't, to touch on again what we t- spoke about earlier, I think that's the way ahead. So we'll always look at how we can do things differently. Um, so a famous BBH line is that when the world zigs, zag. And I think you can do that on any platform, to be honest. We talk about longevity. On LinkedIn, it's working right now. But on any platform, I think as long as you've got that startup mindset always um where it's just doing things differently um you'll probably be okay but i want to talk about another organic reach tactic that's well that i'm a fan of but i think that you guys have actually been doing quite well and that is using traditional media like out of home advertising and pr as a means to an end for organic social reach so for example taking a news clipping screenshot and putting it on social what does that do particularly for a new brand so fascinating because george and i have my sisters in travel the luxury travel pr and we're lots of friends in pr i the jury is out with me whether or not as a startup you want a pr team uh, the reason why i say that is because they are very very good they're very well connected and they can probably get you in a few articles, which is really cool, depending on what you're trying to push. In the dating app world, an article in a mainstream newspaper does nothing. We don't see a spike in activity when we first launched this. We have, we were in every single thing you could think of, be it the Times, Telegraph, through to the Daily Express. And it's great. People sort of care, but it's, and it's great for us to say that we're on these things. So we don't pay for PR. It all comes inbound. And I think my urge to new startups who are in this, any B2C space is make your product cool enough that people, make it talkative enough that people will come to you. Mm. And so do something different. So don't, don't go out thinking that if you pay 500 quid to a journalist or somebody promises you to get you a column in the Times, it's going to change your world because it, it just doesn't. Where I think you can be clever, do stuff that's press worthy and they'll come to you. So do a stunt where it's like, oh my God, like I can't not write about that because this is my forte. You can repurpose a lot of the stuff you do. So when we do a stunt now, it's we've got the end goal and it's like, well, how much can we milk this? And a, a prime example was the, the ones where we sent all those access out, which we spoke about earlier, that I cheated on my girlfriend. Puberty, big meme account, 29 million followers, picked up on it. You know, mm. Before we know it, we had these Instagram accounts with over 50 million in combined 
sharing what we were doing for how much zero yeah and once you get one you get them all don't you it really becomes a chain reaction and then you whack it on linkedin that's another free medium and it goes viral again and it's and, and then the press writes about it so i think to pr is brilliant i have no doubt we will we will have to have a pr team and we'll have to absolutely manage it properly but i think until you get to a certain point there is this thing and i think linkedin doesn't help this this absolute desire to be in every publication, every press, thinking that that will change mm. your business. What will change your business is getting downloads in or sales. What about traditional advertising, more like out of home stuff? Because going back to your stunts, all of these are happening out of home, but where they really kick off is on LinkedIn. Yes, totally agree. So we've learned a lot of lessons from the stunts and we've got a lot wrong. Um, so you know, the ones we've got right, some of the ones that have gone really viral on LinkedIn for example, Jess was sat on a big deck chair outside on the Bishopsgate of the city um, with the shard behind her. That, I think, got some like 2.8 million views. And that's the, the first one I saw, I think. Is that the one where she had a sign-up that was like, I want to have a date now, someone yes, come and date yeah, me? Yeah, exactly. Uh, that got some like 2.8 million views, I think. It got written about again. It featured on puberty. And people are like, oh my God, how long do you stay out there for? How long do you stay out there for? Honest answer, 10 minutes. It was for the photo. Then you put it online. <laughs> Oh, so, didn't get so, to have a date. So, and, and so you don't have to, because people who were walking past didn't engage with it because it, for whatever reason, maybe it was too forward, maybe it was, but we were like, we can use this still mm. and we can sell the story that goes with it. And there's no, you know, there's no, there's nothing in it that says you sat there for 22 hours or whatever it is. But yeah. we realized very quickly when you do these stunts, if it's going viral, you know, the second you walk out the door and people are taking photos, yeah. you hit something and you'll stay there all day. If not, I promise you within about two minutes, a minute, you'll know if it's going to work or not. And if it doesn't work, the chance of working on LinkedIn is pretty high. I think we've seen a rise in this recently. And, and I don't know whether I've coined this phrase or it is an actual phrase, but I've, I've call, I'm calling it social out of home. I think we've seen it, especially with the um, the 3D billboards recently in Piccadilly Circus. So these yeah. billboards are up there. Obviously, so, Piccadilly Circus has got huge footfall, but not as much footfall as social media and the people who see the billboards on social media. So I saw recently uh, a brand who had a billboard up there. They shot it at nighttime, nobody in front of it at all. I don't know whether they then had more media time on that board or not, but if they just had that nighttime, the numbers I saw on social media into the tens of millions who saw that billboard, the, the comparisons are ridiculous. And, yeah. and if they've just paid for that one slot at nighttime, which is probably a reduced rate, yeah, will be. Yeah. They've got, I mean, the views that they've got on that, the CPV on that is just ridiculous. And that is because it's out of home, but designed for social. Totally. I, I, I totally agree. I think um, we, you, you see it a lot at the moment. You see a lot of very good examples, a lot of really, really bad examples. And you know, a really good example is the debate between, the mutually beneficial debate between Lidl and MS over the Call of the Caterpillar mm. cake. That, I think it was Lidl, or might be Aldi, whichever one it was. But that is, for both brands, gold dust. Because it fueled such a debate. And whilst I'm sure there was probably some legal stuff behind it, it doesn't matter because both parties got such exposure. And that whole, which is effectively a lawsuit, then turned into a social debate. I think you can repurpose so much of stuff that happens in your business. And I think it, the, the wonderful thing about being an underdog, and we will always be an underdog to these big players, is the, the rules don't apply to, you, to some extent. So you don't, I, we don't need to play by the same rules that Bumble plays by because we just fundamentally do not. So 
if we want to call them out in a friendly manner, which we do quite a lot, Tinder, Bum and Hinge, and it is always friendly, they're, they're monstrously big, successful companies, we can do it. If they engage back, we win. Gold us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. It's, it, it's a, yeah, I think it's really cool. And it's just come back to your point about the using the, the billboards. We did exactly the same thing with four really big, like just really big billboards in, in London. And on them, we put some messaging calling out Tinder. Said, you know, the, the only thing we have in common with Tinder is the letter T. Unfortunately, there's a few other letters as well, so that's a bit awkward. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think Hinge, it was um, Hinge. You, you can keep the kids six. You can keep the kids six days a week. Saw that one. Thursday, and then at the bumble one, I've, I've actually forgotten. But we used them. We only had them for a week, and we only had them for a you know, very limited time. And JC Deco are really good at working with startup brands really good working with startup brands under their um, nurture program where they'll allow you just to push the boundaries a bit because it's good for them as well. We share it. It gets seen. JC Deco, you know, Decau, have you said? And so we did exactly the same thing and it's so effective because I don't think having a billboard up 24-7 saying Thursday only works one day of the week and you'll find love and I think that would have almost zero impact. Yeah, no, definitely. And, and going back to doing things differently, one of the things I see I actually think some of your best work, it comes from yourself and George, and that is just commenting on LinkedIn posts. <laughs> so it's almost like you're doing community management, but you've got two founders doing the community management, which is great. And it's such an authentic tone of voice, obviously it's because it's coming from yourself and George. And we know leveraging personal brands is huge on LinkedIn and the amount that can increase organic reach, you know, it's, it's huge. Difference is nine times from our tests. Wow. From their personal page to a company page, individuals get nine times more engagement. Wow. That's a very small test, mind you, but still. So I, I guess my question here, um, Matt, is have you had any experience in this before? At, you know, what are your do's? What are your major don'ts? Or do you just go into it with an open mind and what feels right? My background is an army officer and a lot of what you do as an army officer is you have to be very careful with what you say and have to be very calculated with making promises or um, over-promising or you just have to be very careful about how you word things because people will see you as a representative of the government or the army or whatever. Of course, you're not. You're just a cog and a sheep. But so you have to be very careful. And I think when it comes to LinkedIn, George and I and the team will always be, we run everything past each other first and make sure we're like, guys, because we like to push it because it has to be interesting and funny and quick-witted. And you, know, you can get blinded by your own type or numbers or whatever it is. And so we'll always run it past everybody and be like, Guys, just double check this isn't too this isn't misogynistic or this couldn't be perceived as racist or this couldn't be perceived as sexist. Whatever it is that you might not see yourself when you're writing something out like this. Of course, none of us are. Uh, we're definitely, definitely not. It's but just it, sense checking with the right people, isn't exactly, it? Exactly. And it's just so important. Um, and what I think has helped so the big do for me is run it past people. The big don't is don't copy other people. I I, I see it quite a lot at the moment where we did not invent holding up cardboard signs and plugging people and standing outside train stations and stuff like that. We absolutely didn't. But at the moment, we've got a bit of a reputation for having done it. What we've seen is other dating apps, and I'm not going to name them, but have who are also startup dating apps who've copied our approach. And that the, the real issue is they then fall foul of LinkedIn. And it's nothing to do with us. We don't engage in slagging other people off. Like, I wish everybody who's trying something, generally the very best of luck, because it's tough. But they fall foul of LinkedIn who will just 
destroy you, being like, this is unoriginal, can't believe you're doing the same billboards. As yeah, because they they've are. seen all your stuff first, so you really can't get away with it. You can't. And so I think try and be as original as you can. Mm. And, and, and also, a really quick win, as soon as we do a LinkedIn post, we get everybody, it goes on our general Slack channel, get everybody in the team to like it. Why? Because it helps boost the algorithm because it suddenly gets yeah. like, oh, wow, you've got... 14 likes in the matter of a second. Such an easy hack, isn't it? You know, It is, but you'd be so surprised. As your company gets bigger, it's going to get harder and harder to get people to do a yeah. very simple task. There's just something in it. We've tried incentivizing, and now it's just, if people have a hand in the work, they tend to want to talk about it themselves. But on the whole, actually quite hard to get that advocacy up. I, I totally agree, especially on LinkedIn. I don't know what it is about LinkedIn. It's it's become the new Instagram. Like how many followers have you got? How many? It's become like everybody's very proud of their LinkedIn profile because I think everyone's very proud of their professional careers uh, because it's so on so much more online than it ever was. Mm. And so people are very protective. And like we have people messaging George and I, friends of ours who launched a company, being like, "Mate, you've been a bit ungenerous with your likes this week." You should see my LinkedIn. It's literally just like shares of social chain posts. So I can understand where they're coming from. Like it really does take over your feed. But I just think, oh, most of the time it's me putting that stuff out. So I want to share it anyway. But I mean, I want to go back actually and just highlight one point that you made when you were talking about that sense checking what you're putting out with other people. I think as founders, especially, it's so important because there is one brand who I won't name, but listeners might recognize which brand it is, um, whose founders have been making a really hard job for the marketing team by tweeting like oh we're gonna do this and then the marketing team has to rush to meet it and like scramble and do it and i think when like it's the same impact steve has had on social chain when the founders become recognizable it really is like holding that reputation in your hands if you're going to take to social you have to treat that uh, responsibly but um one final question from me anyway is obviously we've talked a lot about organic reach and what you can do there especially with platforms like linkedin but um maybe a little bit back on the longevity mark but also for any startups listening when it does come time to spend some cash what sort of paid media channels or performance marketing do you think is worth the investment? You know, going back to zigging when other people are zagging, are we still taking that mindset when it comes to your paid? So I would say two things about social media spend, performance marketing spend. It's a very quick way to lose a lot of money if you don't know what you're doing. And if you don't know what you're measuring, if you don't know what a good CAC looks like, if you don't know what your objective is, is it website needs? Is it downloads? Is it swipe ups? You know, all, as we all know in school, most of this is all, all three of those very different things. And you'll have a different price for each of those things. A swipe up is very different to a download because you know that's on your app store then to convert them. If your app store is crap and converting eight to one, when should be converting two to one? You know that's on you. There's lots uh, playing to the, the player part as to whether it's worth it or not. I think it's absolutely worth it done in the right manner. I think you, you still you can't beat performance marketing. You just can't. I think, but it has to be done in the right way. For us, a really high glossy image of two very good looking people kissing and holding hands with captions about love and you know we spent 30 grand on this but it will do disaster it wouldn't work it would be terrible our adverts are handwritten saying if you're single in new york i want you to click this damn ad thursday or bored of being single bored of dating apps so we click this bloody ad or whatever and it's all handwritten misspelled smudgy why because it stands out and it's the same thing as we do with our pr stunts you have to look different. And if you see handwriting on a screen on your Instagram, you're not used to seeing that. What you are used to seeing is heavily filtered images, very glossy adverts. Yep. It, does, it just doesn't cut through. So I think 
we will continue to spend. We're now turning we turn the grocery in on a bit uh, this last month. And as long as we keep getting CAC to the point where we're content, we will keep spending. And then as soon as it reaches a certain point, there's another thing. I think it's also very easy to get lazy with performance marketing. The CAC creeps up as you spend more, as everybody knows. Don't let it spend. Don't let it creep up. Like Once it's creeped up too far, stop it. Create another creative. Yeah, it's going to take time. Yeah, it's a bit annoying to have to do. Create copy. But what's more important is getting a cheap lead in. And I think it's all too easy. George and I are the same thing. We'll look at our Facebook business ads manager. We'll see the cap. We have in our mind that we're prepared to go as high as for a cost per lead. And it will start creeping towards it. I'll be like, hey, we're going to have to get the team to create some more ads. And both of us know it's painful, but it's the right decision. Um, mm. So we will continue to use it. And we are using it very effectively, I think, at the moment. All sounds good. Makes sense. And I think we've only just seen the start of what you guys uh, will do and I'd advise anyone to keep an eye out for what these guys are posting on social because it really is a lesson in uh, brilliant organic marketing. Thank you very much. You're very welcome but I think that's all we have time for and thank you so much uh, again for joining us. No worries at all. Thank you so much for having me. It's great. Well I'm going to say Eve I think that was my favourite podcast to date. To date? To date. See what you did there? Ah, well, yeah. Completely unintentional. You should have taken credit for that. (laughs) Um, I just, one, I love the product and I love what they're doing at the moment. But two, just just Matt's willingness to, as a brand as well, to play by the different rules and the tenacity to keep doing so. You know, I think the example of zigging, zagging kept cropping up, which was one of your... uh, your favourite quotes in there, but I think the handwritten ads probably stuck out to me mm. uh, on the on the paid. You know, it's something so simple. They've literally just looked at paid ads and gone, yeah. that's what everyone else is doing. We're going to do it completely different and it's working. It seems to be the logic in terms of every sort of creative thing they're doing, whether it's conscious or not at this point. He says doing things that you won't expect to see on that platform. So on LinkedIn, where it's all like, our business has achieved this. It's a funny stunt mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and that's done well. Yeah. Where there's a polished ad, put an unpolished ad, put something surprising in that sense. And it is just that surprising people at every turn. I think we obviously went over it extensively there. But the fact that so many brands and the discourse has always been organic reach is dead. Like it's it's capped by, you know, X platform if it's a pay to play model. Um, but it just isn't the case. I feel like it's the same in the same vein as people saying your attention spans are getting shorter and it actually movies are getting longer. People listen to podcasts for hours. Yeah, it's like, you're just not capable of retaining that attention. Yeah. And if organic reach isn't struggling for you, maybe it's because you are doing what everyone else is doing. And it's, you know, if they haven't succeeded, it's not going to work for you, is it? Yeah. Well, creativity and authenticity will always win. And, and Matt touched on it there, you know, even with the, the PR stunts, you know, he admitted they're not the first people to put, human cardboard billboards on the yeah. uh, on the street but what they've done is they've developed their own style and they've really owned it now and they've almost turned it into that is their thing mm. um that people are now copying and actually getting a bit of hate for it because it's Thursday's thing so um yeah that authenticity like you say is 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 very important i think another thing that i thought was absolutely genius um attaching themselves to the big players with mm. you know without their permission so automatically we're now putting Thursday in with the Bumbles, the Tinders, the hinges of the world. And it's purely through association because they've called them out. I thought that was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, no, definitely. I think one thing is obviously what they're doing right now is so ballsy and something you can do when you're new. I think because this has been 
an interesting case study so far on how to launch. I think it's one to keep watching and actually see what they do next, whether this is something that works over the long term. They said, or Matt just said, that they're going to keep doing it. And what happens as you scale when they start involving agencies, you know, big media spend, that kind of thing, how that sort of shifts. Yeah, of because course. I think you, you should keep that mindset going forward because it's working like thus far, like having that startup mindset Definitely. just with more resources. Um, but yeah, I think it's one that we should keep watching and say. Definitely, yeah. Like you said, the, the launch stage is its always going to be a fun stage. But that next growth period where things may mm. get a little bit more sticky, let's like, keep an eye like on it. It's like Brewdog. Brewdog, we had a similar conversation with Josh Bench, who's on their marketing team. And they've always been very ballsy and bold mm -hmm. with what they say and do on social and in their product marketing. But as they scaled, that became a lot harder because they were putting their products in Aldi and Tesco's yeah. and they had opinions about what was being said here. And so you do have to get a bit more conservative the bigger you get. But it's just sort of where you draw the line, isn't it? Yeah, it's obviously it's the old the more cooks spoil the broth, right? Yeah. And, and the more shareholders, stakeholders that come on board, you've got more opinions to play by. But let's let's keep an eye on them. So far they are in my eyes, ten mm. out of ten for the launch. If their shareholders are listening, the ballsiness is what got them here. So let them keep doing <laughs> let it. Let them play. Yeah.